Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to the episode where we focus on crushes. Those squishy feelings you find yourself getting when you start falling for someone you may not quite know or know well. We're addressing those butterflies in your stomach which float you back to middle school when you were passing notes in class and asking a friend to ask a friend if your crush (laughs) likes you. If you have a secret admirer or if you are one, this show's for you. I'm Monsada. And I'm Bella. And this is Talk Your Polly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. So basically a crush is defined as an intense and usually passing fatuation or an intense but short-lived infatuation. Yeah, and although there is no clinical definition of a crush, there are characteristics that set it apart from a serious romantic relationship. According to New York City-based psychologist Dr. Buki Kalawal, crushes are mainly rooted in fantasy, and the person who's crushing tends to project their values onto the person they desire. So, I mean, basically thinking about it, When I see Billy Bob over there on the basketball court, and I think he's super fine, and I am crushing on him, I assume he's a good person. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know squat about Billy Bob over there. So I'm projecting all of my values and my wants and desires for life and relationship onto him, and assuming he wants all the same things. Meanwhile, he's just over there playing basketball and not knowing that he has this whole future planned for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> so with the crushes, I have experienced. I have been a crusher and a crushy. Yeah. And looking back on the couple of crushes that I've had in adulthood, I can absolutely see how, now that it's all come and gone how unrealistic or how different the crush fantasy is versus the potential reality of the situation. Yeah. Uh, As an example, there was one girl I crushed on for a little bit, and I was thinking all these great things, like, oh, this is going to happen this way, and if we started dating, I bet she's like this, and so on and so forth. And I've gotten to know her, and we're awesome friends. And I realize that what my head was building in the moment is not who that person is in life. Right. Not to say that she's a bad person or that those fantasies were bad. They were just different. Right. And she's not anything like my fantasy ideal of her. So. Yeah, just not quite aligned with each other. Right. So have you crushed on anyone? I mean, I don't think so. I can't really remember ever crushing on someone, aside from, like, you know, junior high or whatever. But I really, I don't have any memory of crushing on anyone. You didn't even crush on me? (laughs) No. Uh, You were a goal. I was a goal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Well, how's that different? (laughs) It wasn't, I didn't have, like... This fantasy of you built up in my head, right? It was more of 
Like, I saw you and I was like, oh, I really want to get to know this person. Like, they are posting online. I only knew you online. They're, you're posting pictures, you're checking in at places and looks like you're having adventures. I wanted to get to know you, but I wasn't projecting any sort of my personal ideas of who you are, what you are onto you already. Okay. I wanted, my goal was to get to know you as a person. See, and that's, that actually makes a lot of sense on the difference. Yeah. Between the two. Yeah. Well, I mean, and thinking about it, really, I don't remember anyone ever really crushing on me either. There's one person that I would say crushes on me pretty hard currently. Mm-hmm. However, that has turned from a crush, I think, into a real life, into a relationship, but it's a friendship. Right. And then I have also seen other people crush on you. Yeah. And you haven't noticed or they haven't said it. Oblivious. They've asked me questions. What? They asked the friend of a friend. (laughs) Hey, pass this note. And if she likes me, have her circle yes. Right. No, you make little check boxes. Oh, that's right. You check the one or the other. (laughs) Well, and that's, I think, I think that's the thing is that maybe the idea of building a crush on somebody or developing one is creating that or projecting that ideal because of being nervous to actually say something. Yeah. Like what you're talking about with me, you wanted to get to know me. You were planning to get to know me. Secret plan. Yeah. It worked out good. Okay, well, I mean, okay, so you've crushed on people. Mm -hmm. I mean, what does it look like when you're crushing on someone? In the moment, how does somebody know they have a crush on someone? In the moment? Yeah. I don't if, know, I'd probably If we wager, have a listener right now who's like, oh man, am I crushing on someone? What does that look like? I'd probably wager you think about them a lot. You, when you do see their name, you get the butterflies. Or do see their face, you get some butterflies. I would say that, um, you know, maybe you talk about them a little more than you expected to. Mm-hmm. Or you ask people about them more than you expected to. Can't wait to get a little bit more of this person in your life. I think that's what a crush may look like. Yeah. They're intense. And like we said, they usually just fade out or often get replaced with a new crush. Yeah. And And I think oftentimes, too, it's usually you're crushing on someone from a distance. You know, like it's not someone usually. I mean, there's always exceptions. But uh, most crushes seem to be someone you're not close with. They're not a friend yet. They could become one. But it usually seems to be someone that you're watching in a game or you know online or... So you know these, like, surface level things about them. Mm -hmm. They're not close in your circle yet. Right. So again, referencing back to Dr. Kalawal, she added... With crushing, you're okay with the distance because you're not fully in it yet when discussing how a crush can cross into that romantic territory. Uh, Once you become friends and you have those shared in-person experiences, you start to build attachment and then I think you can bridge the gap between crush and relationship like that one girl we were talking about who I believe was crushing on me. Right. Or the opposite could happen is... The more you get into this person's life, 
the more the reality versus the fantasy mm. start having direct conflict. Yeah. And your ideal isn't what the reality is. And so it could also theoretically just make you go away. Like you just realize you're not compatible. Right. Oh, everything I thought was true, not so much. They're a great person, but not quite what I thought. Or you're just not interested enough to continue it. Like, you loved the ideal, and you loved all the surface stuff you saw. Maybe you're not ready or willing to get involved with everything beyond the surface level stuff. And you're just not ready to put the work into that. And so it's easier just to take off. Maybe find a new crush. Yeah. Maybe a little of both. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like we mentioned before, it usually happens when it's somebody that you see. And maybe you see them often. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you run into them at the coffee shop. Right. Or maybe you see them at a party quite yeah. a bit. Your you guys have similar circles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe you just stalk their Facebook, <laughs> you know? Been there, done that. Yeah, you have. I've, I've, I stalked yours, but like I said, I didn't crush on you. Yeah, I was a goal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I'd say you were the goal. Getting to know you was the goal. I am the goal. <laughs> oh, no. So you see them a little bit here and there. You experience them a little bit here and there. You're not really seeing them. You're not really experiencing them. The full them or even a large portion of them. You're getting just enough. The person that you're crushing on. Right. To create fantasies or or ideals or to project your feelings. Okay, so I mean we... You're seeing one facet of the whole diamond. Oh, that's so eloquent. And that's the shiny facet. The shiny! Oh, no. So... <laughs> Alright, so we... We know what a crush is, we kind of get that it, what it feels like, and where we find people that we end up developing crushes on, and all that stuff. Are, are they, is a, having a crush a good thing? Is, can it be a bad thing? Like, how do you feel about a crush? I mean, mm. I suppose it could be both. Well, I know getting caught up in a crush brings a swirl of emotions. Like a tornado. Yeah. Or, like and Miley Cyrus says, it's like a wrecking ball. Let's stick with the tornado. Oh, the tornado. The tornado. I mean, <laughs> and those emotions, like a tornado, could come in and just whip all your stuff up and about and turn everything on its head. Yeah. So, are, are you asking me specifically if I think crushes are good or bad? Or are we just kind of generalizing here? I mean, we can generalize, but, like, what's your opinion? My personal opinion... I think you've been on both sides. You've crushed and you've been a crushee. Right. My personal opinion is I kind of feel like they're a bad thing. Yeah. For me, for my view, is basically what's happening is you're fantasizing about somebody Mm -hmm. you may not have the nerve to go talk to them in person so it's an unspoken thing it's an unfulfilled dream right right and every time that you have these unfulfilled dreams you're kind of a little sorrowful or you know you just kind of i don't know i feel like like you let yourself down 
Almost. Like, you're excited when you do get to experience this aspect of this person. Yeah. But what about the times in between those experiences where you have to wait and you have to wait and you spend nights thinking about them or or pondering or maybe even being weird and stalking their Facebook, you know <laughs> what I mean? When you don't get to act on your feelings regardless of what it is whether it's crushes or or anything i mm-hmm. mean when you don't get to act on your feelings there is there is a sense of maybe lack of resolution or sorrow or so yeah. so i think it's almost like a personal torment mm. from the side of being crushed on when they admit it and when you yeah. do know about it yeah it's really exciting it's really Flattering. fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you're like, oh, you know, shucks. <laughs> but there's also that aspect where I've been the target of multiple people's crushes. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes where I find an additional struggle is that when they're crushing on an aspect of you and then they start getting to know all of you and then they're like, hmm. It's not what my fantasy said, so I'm going to ghost you. Right. And I've been ghosted. I've, I've gotten involved with people that have crushed on me, and, and then they're learning about the rest of the story, and they're like, uh, this isn't what I was hoping for. So it's almost like it builds up all these expectations. Mm-hmm. That you don't realize that you have to live up to. Like built into their fantasy. Right. Because you don't know what they've built as an expectation of you. So what's... So I'm kind of against them. Yeah. I, I can see that. But what's the good part of it? The have, So we know being the target of someone's crush, the good is the flattering and it makes you feel special and wanted and all of that. But what's the good side of having a crush? Well, I mean, like, any time that you get a release dopamine into your brain, <laughs> that's a good thing, Yay! right? So if, as an example, say you and I weren't dating, mm-hmm. we were friends, we knew each other, you know, casually or whatever, and I'm crushing on you, mm-hmm. when I see you, I get excited. Right. And that's a good side. You know, I think about you a little bit more. I spend time trying to figure out things about you or how to talk to you or... You know, it gives me some sense of excitement and wonder. Right. So how do you turn, just to a general question, talking about being in the crush zone, what if it is like they get to know you and it's as they get to know you more and more, they're still crushing on you and they do like all the aspects they're finding out. How do you turn a crush into a relationship? I feel almost like that would be a whole different episode. I think I think basically it, it really comes down to a crush could be one of two things, kind of. One is it could be the stepping stone into a relationship. Mm-hmm. And maybe you got lucky and you are meeting their fantasy expectations or... At least enough to where there's continuation. And then there's that other side where, like I said earlier, that it doesn't. Well, and I think what makes 
either of those happen, where it turns into the relationship or can lead to it, is because it's reciprocated. Right. So someone's crushing on you, great. Now they've brought it to your attention because it's no longer just this secret. Right. And you're paying attention to this person and getting to know them, and now it's a mutual liking, and it can go somewhere. Yeah. But let's say either it stays a secret, they never come out and tell you they're crushing on you, and it takes a dark turn. Now it turns into stalking. And they're not just Facebook, because, you know, whatever, Facebook can be innocent, cannot be innocent too, but, you know, like maybe they start showing up at events they're not invited to, but are open and welcome. No big deal. Right, it starts and, out innocent enough. Yeah, no big thing. And then um, maybe they start inviting themselves into your home. And it's well, one... that's a quick jump. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. So, like, you see them casually in parties and stuff, and then maybe you bump into them at your local grocery store mm -hmm. or in a restaurant that you frequent, but... You know, maybe that circle doesn't frequent with you. Right. Like, you start seeing them in regular places, or you start getting weird messages from them. Right. Over Messenger or something. And and it they escalates from eyelashes there. eyelashes in the mail. You, okay, so you probably watched <laughs> Too Many Criminal Minds I episodes. I do like recently. Criminal Minds. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think... Crushes can be good. Crushes can be bad. Mm -hmm. It's a mutual like, or is it secret? Those kinds of things come all come into play. Right. Um, if you, and if you think about it, there is a little bit of science behind it. Like, why we have crushes. You touched on it briefly in passing. You know, the, the science behind it. A crush feeling, I mean, that can really be compared to feeling addicted to drugs. Only in this case, you're addicted to a person instead. Okay, so why? Why does that happen? Well, according to... I did a little bit of research on it, and according to Rhonda Freeman, a clinical neuropsychologist, the science behind crushing is that there's three hormones that are released when you start feeling a crush. So first, there's norepinephrine, causing our bodies to have a physical reaction to feel in our body physical sensations like sweaty palms, your heart racing, all of that kind of thing where you physically in your body get excited when you hear them or see them. The second one that you touched on before is dopamine and that influences your mood, attention and motivation. Dr. Freeman said your body, quote, your body will crave, feel more motivated, energized and attentive simply by the thought of your new mate. Okay. So someone just has to bring them up and all of a sudden you're all kinds of attentive and motivated by it because of that dopamine. And the third hormone released during a crush is endogenous opioids, making you feel like you like being attracted to another person. It basically makes you enjoy having the crush. So scientifically, the reason that we crush on people is because there's these three hormones that get released. So you see someone from afar, you don't really know them, but you can see them as a potential partner. And then because of that, suddenly those chemicals are released, making it an exciting crush. And that makes you feel good. Okay. And really, who doesn't like to feel good? So in this case, it's not your fault. You can blame science. So we have talked quite a bit about what a crush is and how it affects you and, and how it affects them right so what about when you're crushing 
on someone else, mm -hmm. how does it affect your current polypod? What are some things that a crush could bring to a polyamorous situation that it wouldn't have to worry about in a monogamous type situation? Well, there's the natural multiple people involved, right? right? So in a traditional monogamous situation, if I'm crushing on someone, I don't have to communicate that with anyone else in my life if I don't want to. Right. You know, in a poly situation, not only do I have my partner to kind of give a heads up, hey, I'm kind of crushing on this person over here. It's not going anywhere and they don't even know it yet. But just FYI, this is how I'm feeling right now. Might also be something that you want to bring up to a meta, to anybody in your life. You want to talk to and communicate with everybody in your pod, whether it's just your partner or even talking to a meta and being like, man, you know, this, this might affect you at some point, but I'm really crushing on this person over here. It just kind of keeps everyone in the loop on where you're at. It's part of our check-in. There's a potential for embarrassment here. On the, like if might, I'm crushing on someone? Which might make somebody who's having a crush be afraid to say something. Like, say I'm crushing on this girl that we hang out with at this party. Yeah. And it's just a crush. I'm not communicating with her that I'm crushing on her. I'm at the crush level where I'm creating my own little fantasies. At what point should I tell you? I mean, what would you like as a partner? Hmm. I mean, I could probably say I, I should tell you whatever I want to. But, I mean, in a manner of respecting a partner. Yeah. and I'm... Like, what would you specifically hope for? I mean, we're pretty open with each other, so I feel like we bring that stuff up pretty early on. Like, oh, yeah, I, to I talked to so-and-so for a little bit, and um, I'm totally crushing on her. You right. know, like, I think we communicate it pretty early, because we're just that open about it. Let's just pretend we don't. As soon as they realize, oh, man, this isn't just like, oh, she's pretty. But, yeah, like, I'm really crushing on her. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, tell me. Like right away, just blurt it out. I mean, not out in the public in front of everybody, because I mean, that could be embarrassing. Grocery shopping, or uh, sure, grocery shopping is just sitting you and on me. the toilet and totally text it to me. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, there's no hard rules. Some people might not care; they might not want to know. But if you're asking me, because I'm that open, mm -hmm. I can't hide things. I don't like secrets. You know, I I'd want to know because I'd tell you right away. But there's other people out there who are like, Psh, it's just a crush. It doesn't mean anything. I don't need to know. I, I kind of have felt that in the past. It's, yeah. It's just a little crush. It doesn't mean anything. It's not like I'm going to act on it. Yeah. You know, oftentimes knowing that it's a crush, I know that those feelings are going to come and go and nothing's ever going to happen. Well, I think for me, because the reason I'd want to know is... In case it went somewhere later, then it wouldn't be a surprise that, like, there was a crush early on. Well, you know? So later on, three, six, nine months from now, when you're like, hey, I really like this person, I think I'm going to ask her out. Yeah. It's not a brand new thing. I know that there was this innocent little crush six months ago that didn't go anywhere for six months, but it was there. You noticed her. So maybe this is something you, the listener, could take. And say, wait a minute, this is something with my relationship dynamics, which 
maybe we haven't discussed and maybe we could sit down and say hey how how much information and when is the information appropriate on whether you're crushing on someone i mean this is a great conversation yeah. piece for your partners when do you communicate crushes and feelings yeah so what is another way that you feel having a crush would affect a polyamorous relationship do you have any I do, if you don't. Yeah, go for it. So one of the things that I feel it, it affects a polyamorous relationship is that, say, you're crushing on somebody, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm your partner, and you really want to have someone to talk to about your crush. You really want to gush on the crush. <laughs> Hashtag gush on the crush. Maybe I'm that person for you to do that with. Because then that also allows you the opportunity to tell me you're crushing on right. somebody. And lets me see how much this is affecting us. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not that person. Maybe you're going to go tell your friend or your sister or whatever. Right. But this is a potential where as a partner or as a meta, you can provide a platform and a safe space for this person to... Kind of talk out their fantasies. Right. And whether you do it silently or whether you discuss the evolution of these feelings is totally up to you. But that's one way. So then as a partner who uh-huh. whose partner has a crush, uh-huh. how would I go about supporting them? Like, what's a good way to support your partner when they're crushing on someone? When they're enjoying it and they're having a yeah, good time. Yeah, it's, it's a good crush. They're crushed on someone. They're excited. They're coming to you for that I would gushing. Say, How do you support them? Listen to what they have to say, first off. You know, if they're really excited, sharing their excitement, sharing their joy. Uh, think of it like, I don't know, slumber parties. Did you ever have those <laughs> as a girl? Yeah. Where you guys talked about stuff and talked on the phone and then the neighborhood girls froze my panties it was not a fun well probably don't freeze their panties as a way to support i fell asleep first and they don't they went in my bag and they took a pair of my panties out and stuck them in the freezer oh they took them from your bag yeah they didn't take them off me we were little girls i thought you were supposed to take them off the person Uh, no i'd wake up and kick them in the face hmm i think maybe i played that game all wrong (laughs) So, I mean, like, you provide them that space. Get excited with them. Talk about that person. You know, they're going to want to explain. And just listen. Yeah. So, I think another way, speaking of support, is supporting them when their crush crushes them. Oh, yeah. When maybe they take that step from wanting to go from crush to relationship. Or even just admitting to this person that they're crushing on them. And maybe they get rejected. Right. As a partner or as a meta, this is your opportunity to support somebody who has just got their feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. And take care of them. Because whether they were, obviously they were not in a relationship because it was a one-sided thing. But they were having feelings as though they were in a relationship. Right. So when that unspoken relationship or that fantasy relationship is ended 
they're going to come off of the high of those chemicals. Right. They still have emotions they need to All process. All those hormones. And it seems crazy, but that's really what happens is when a crush is over unexpectedly, that person is going to go through the throes of a breakup. Right. Even if small. Right. Every small pain is still pain. Okay, well, that brings me to another question. Uh-huh. Okay, so this person had a crush, and then it ended, and they're sad, and they got support. What happens when they quickly develop a new crush, and it's almost like crush hopping? Well, and that doesn't even have to be with a premature ending. Maybe that's what someone does. They just go through serial crushing, right? Right. So this person says... Oh, I'm crushing on you. I'm crushing on you. You start developing a relationship. Or even if they don't go to this person and say that. They crush on someone. They're infatuated with them. A couple months goes by and they see someone else that they're super infatuated with. And they jump over to that person. Serial crushing is probably not dissimilar to serial monogamy. Where you pretty much are done with this relationship. And already kind of have a new one getting ready to be lined up as an exit strategy of your old one. Yeah, and that was me in, like, high school and whatnot. Because I didn't know polyamory was a thing. Mm -hmm. As soon as I started to fall for someone new, I had to cut this loose. I couldn't be in the current one anymore. So I would be in a relationship starting to have feelings for a new person. So it looked like I was creating this backup boyfriend. And I'd have to break up with them so I could be with them, and it was this chain of serial relationships. Right. When in reality, I just wanted to be with them all. (laughs) And now with polyamory, you understand you can. Right. And with, you know, crushing, you could do that with crushing too, but oftentimes what happens is the person who is serial crushing maybe doesn't allow themselves to have the bandwidth to crush on more than one person at a time. Right. Which would be similar to not having the bandwidth to developing more than one healthy relationship at a time. Right. Which isn't a bad thing. Well, and does it always stay at that surface level? If you're serial crushing, does it stay at the fantasy? Or does anything ever... Does it get deeper? I would say it could potentially get deeper. I mean, I have experienced it firsthand. Yeah. Where I was crushed on really hard. I started dating this girl. And then and then she started crushing on someone else. And my reality wasn't in alignment with her fantasies. And because she was already crushing on someone else, it was easier for her to just say, you know what? I'm out. Bounce. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's what could happen. In my mind, what it comes down to is that perhaps this person is addicted to the science part of it, the chemical release and the chemical the reactions. Good feelings. Right. And the crush shouldn't get too deep because then that would mean that all of the crush energy might be dissipating while you actually have to build relationships. And sometimes that's just too hard for people. It does get harder. And so it's easy and exciting to keep crushing. Yeah. And if... Maybe maybe you hop from crush to crush because you've learned all you really care to know about this person, right? Or dealing with them is just too much work, and you just want to have fun. Right. You want to be frivolous. You want to screw off. 
totally fine, but may not be in line with what your crush e the target of your crush uh-huh. is looking for. Right. Or the target of your crush doesn't even realize that it happened. Right. So I think I think basically if you find yourself being a serial crusher, then perhaps it's not the people that you're seeing that you're crushing on, but the chemical release in the brain which you're becoming addicted to. Yeah. And that's a possibility. So it's cool that you brought that up because then what happens when, say, me. Right. Say I'm serial crushing. Like every couple months I'm like, oh, Bella, I got to tell you about this new person. Oh, my God. Eric, God, <laughs> it's so amazing. Oh, and the way they do that. Oh, and the, oh, the hair smells. Oh. <laughs> and you have to hear this shit every three months or right. so. Like, how does that affect you as a partner? It gets old. I imagine it gets old. Uh-huh. I mean, you don't do this, so I'm just imagining. <laughs> I don't... I would, it, it wouldn't feel real. Okay. I'd be like, oh, there he goes again. Just another passing moment. Wait till the wind changes and his mind will change again. Right, right. So it, it wouldn't feel very genuine. And, in, and at what point would... The support need to go from you supporting me being that space. I get to be like, oh, let me tell you about what they, oh, no. Right, and I'd be oh, super goodness. excited for you. In the and then that point where I'm like, oh, I can't do it anymore. And then you have to heal my broken heart. And then 12 seconds later, I'm like, oh, oh, new person, well, new person. Well, I, as the partner, would be going through this roller coaster mm-hmm. with you. And in polydynamics, we see this often where... We hurt when our partner hurts. Yeah. We get angry when someone is doing shitty things that affect our partner. Right. Um, so we get wrapped up, uh, even when you want to try and keep it separate, you still have feelings because it's about someone you love. So no matter how distance, how much distance you try and put between you and the issue, there's still feelings that get involved. So whether you want to or not, your crushes suck me into this roller coaster of emotions. Right, right. And then, and then that's another way it affects polyamory. Like, no longer are you being my support system without needing some kind of support on your own. How would you even go about getting that when you're starting to feel this struggle? Well, that I, it just takes open communication, right? So maybe two or three crushes in, I'm supporting you and everything's great and... Oh, you had a tough time, and I'm there for to pick you up again, and then two or three times, no big deal. But as it continues on, that's where I need to set my boundaries, and that's a whole other episode on its own. Right. But that's where I need to be like, okay, my emotional capacity for this is at its limit. I'm not telling you what you can and can't do. You do you. But for me, I can't handle this up and down anymore, so this is what I'm going to do next time this happens. And you set your personal boundary. Okay. But that needs to be communicated openly and honestly without saying, oh, I can't handle you and your crushes anymore. You know, there's no need to be shitty about it. You just need to figure out what your limits are. Right. You know, if, if all you can do is, hey, I can totally support you in this way, but I can no longer do this. That works too. Yeah, definitely. I can see how that would work. 
So basically, we've kind of run all across the board with crushes, whether it's something where you have never admitted it to the person, all the way up through starting a relationship with that person. We've talked about how crushes could potentially affect polyamory. Right. I mean, just so much of it, the science of it. Do you think you got anything else? Like, I know, I know, I have a personal pet peeve around crushes. Okay. Mostly because we run a lot of online groups, so I see this mostly there. Um, it drives me bonkers, and I don't know why, but it drives me bonkers when everyone knows who person A's crush is, uh-huh. but they continually say, like, oh yeah, me and my crush... Or, I, I'm totally crushing on this person, blah, blah, blah. Well, everyone knows who you're talking about. Just say... Oh, I see what you're saying. So, like, so like if I were to get online and be like, I just happened to notice what my crush was doing today, and that was really exciting. Right, right. And I as your partner, or I as your meta, or I as online user number 52... Who can read between the lines of everything, know who you're talking about. It's no it's like it crosses a line where it's no longer this cutesy thing that's happening. Uh-huh. But rather it's almost I don't I don't even know. I don't even I do know. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm gonna hearken back to a previous episode <laughs> and create a flashback for us here today. Yes. Where we talked about Partner pet peeves. Oh, what was that last, and one last of my, episode or two No, it was one ago? where I was cooking in the kitchen and the power went out. Yeah, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, so when I said that one of my pet peeves that you do mm-hmm. is when you're like, somebody <laughs> yeah, doesn't like, like the water. It's exactly like that. Yeah. It's like we all know who you're fucking talking about. <laughs> Just say their name. But see, and I do the same thing. When it's not even just a crush situation, maybe it's just an online pet peeve of mine. Um, instead of saying, um, Joshua and I, blah, 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 it's my boyfriend and I. Like, if I was to say, Joshua and I went to the movies today, uh-huh. instead saying, my boyfriend and I went to the movies today, everyone knows Joshua's my boyfriend. <laughs> right. Or my husband, or whoever, you know, like... Right. Well, and that becomes harder to do when you've got three boyfriends. Oh, my boyfriend and I went to the movies. Oh, which one? <laughs> Spider-Man? No, which boyfriend? Just use oh. the name. <laughs> right. Like, And it's different for us because we have a lot of interactions in secret private groups. So that's fine. Use the names. But if it was on pages, like personal pages where people aren't out, right? I get that. Right. Saying my crush or whatever, you know. Right. Someone might not be out. And so they're making it vague on purpose. But when you're in an online community where everybody knows everybody, that's where that pet peeve kicks in for me. Yeah, I hear you. So that's really my final thought on crushes. I I think that's a pretty solid pet peeve, and I get it. (laughs) So just like crushes, the energy for this show has run its course. No, that sounds like shit, too. It's too forced. All right, Polyam fam, I think that we've pretty much covered all of our bases here. 
If we may have missed something, or if you would like to discuss or disagree with anything that we've stated in this or any other episode, you're always welcome to email us at podcast at ilovepoly.org and give us your peace of mind. And if you don't want to send us an email, just look us up on Facebook. You can find all of our social media handles in the show notes. So go check that out. We would love to hear from you. And if you're on iTunes, feel free to leave us a five-star review. That really helps other people find our episodes. So we would love and appreciate that. Absolutely. So until we talk to you next time. All right, Polyam fam. Have a good one. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right, and you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepoly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam, live like there's no tomorrow, laugh until it hurts, and, and love, love without, without limits. limits.